he is still the same original person the oldest person who always appears as a fresh youth the eternal blissful all knowing forms of the lord can not be understood even by the best vedic scholars but they are always manifest to pure unalloyed devotees so this verse is substantiating what point in connection to this translation famous verse many of you know this adhyayana machchana adhimanantaru this verse is giving the qualification to understand the lord yes and who cannot understand and who can understand so vedic scholars cannot understand and in one sense stating that many of the personalities mentioned in this verse are vedic scholars they know vedas of course lord brahma must know veda right <laughs> wherever lord brahma goes the personified vedas accompany him as there is a classic description in bhagavatam uh, in the beginning of fifth canto right the priyavrata passage beginning of fifth canto when lord brahma came to convince priyavrata personified vedas accompanied along with narada muni and other great sages so brahma has certainly access to vedas he is not oblivious to it at all but the point is even the vedic scholars cannot understand krishna vedasya durlabham and he is understandable to his pure devotees so in one sense this proverb reference is qualifying who can understand and one uh, one sense qualifying lord shiva's statement but now prabhupad actually turns around he explains the position of lord shiva so let's hear lord shiva places himself as one of the known devotees so here lord shiva is speaking on the behalf of known devotees that's what prabhupad is telling he's not his position where we shouldn't misconstrue the position of lord shiva the lord shiva places himself as one of the known devotees who can understand the identity of the supreme lord the lord being ananta has an unlimited number of forms therefore how is it possible for an ordinary common man to understand him lord shiva of course is above the ordinary human beings yet he is unable to understand the supreme personality of godhead lord shiva is not among the ordinary living entities nor is he in the category of lord vishnu he is between lord vishnu and the common living entity om atyana timiranthasya jnanajana shalakaya chakshuran militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya manobhishtam स्थापितम् येन भूतले स्वयं रूपकदामहं ददाति सपदांतिकं वन्देहं श्री गुरोः श्रीयुतापदगमलं श्री गुरून् वैष्णवांस्या श्री रूपं साग्रजातं सहगणरघुनाथान्वितं तं सजीवं साद्वैतं सावधूतं परिजनसहितं कृष्णचैतन्यदेवं श्रीराधाकृष्णपादां सहगणललिता श्री विशाखान्वितांस्या 
हे कृष्ण करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका कांता राधा कांता समोस्तुते तप्त कांजन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरिप्रिय वाचगणपतिपेश कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिताभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः नमो विष्णुपादाय कृष्ण प्रेष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिवेदस्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चात्य देश तारिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद ुंते गुणाशोडशोडगात्मक सोलंगशिष्ठ भगवान्चाखिमे हरे कृष्ण Here, Lord Shiva continues to speak about the Supreme Lord and his devotees. After the response of Chitragedu Maharaj, the Lord Shiva was very pleased how Chitragedu Maharaj responded to Mother Parvati's. curse and he starts glorifying the position of devotees he says see the wonder of these devotees in one sense lord shiva was mentioning the devotees are beautiful and they are even beautiful than you varanane to parvati you are beautiful but the devotees are even more beautiful because of the transcendental qualities so they don't care where they are placed whether it is naraka whether it is swarga bhumi tulyartha darshanah in that way glorify then lord shiva starts to speak about those who cannot understand the supreme lord so he does the preaching generally many people cannot understand the supreme lord and then he glorifies the supreme lord in the previous verse Lord Shiva explains who can understand the Supreme Lord. Those who are engaged in the devotion service. That is Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Uddhohatam Rana. One who is engaged in Bhakti unto Vasudeva. They can understand the Lord. And here Lord Shiva places himself in a very humble position to teach us about the position of the Supreme Lord. And who can understand, who cannot understand. So today we will speak about a few points. One, why can't ordinary living entities understand the position of the Supreme Lord, his activities or his personality? Why can't he? So here the statement is it's mentioned that they consider themselves. So we can place ourselves. We consider ourselves independent. Controllers. We consider ourselves independent, separate controllers, and that's the reason we cannot understand the Supreme Lord, His activities. So here, this 
the mentality of the demigods is expressed in this verse. This is the mentality of the demigods and certainly this mentality can influence us very much even as practicing devotees. So we know independent controlled mentality means it is based on pride, isn't it? How can we consider independent? We cannot consider ourselves independent. That is really foolishness. It's foolishness. Because we are never independent. We are dependent. So, Bhagavatam elaborates this point. Devashi It's about a pure devotee mentioning. But the dependency is emphasized. Everyone is dependent on Devas. Like Rishi, great sages, Nirnam, we are dependent on other living entities. So our life is a life of dependency. However, when we are not in Krishna consciousness, we think, okay, we are independent. I am making my own decisions. I have my right to live in this world. Everything belongs to me. This is my share. Right? That's what everyone thinks. But Bhagavatam illustrates that, no, we are dependent on various levels. It's not just one level, on various levels. So this is the position of the living entity, dependency. A jiva is dependent, always. There is no independent existence for a jiva. This is the reality. However, only illusion can one think that we are independent. And it's only because of ignorance on the basis, but practically on the level of pride. Hmm? So, when there is pride in the heart, we forget about dependency on Krishna. Even we are devotees still, when there is pride in our heart, we forget about dependency on Krishna and then all negative qualities emerge. Right? As it is mentioned, there is always the pride before a fall. Before, before a fall, there is a pride. We can see for ourselves. We can take even a very simple example. I mentioned it now in my last class. Chanting. The moment we think I'm chanting good, then you know we come back. Oh, what happened? <laughs> Has it happened? Uh, chanting is going very good. Okay, now I'm hearing holy name, so sweet, very nice. Suddenly, what happened? I li I didn't listen. <laughs> Maybe a few rounds gone past. I was thinking about something else. So this fall down. It is not exactly okay. Uh, stopping, you know, for you know, following for related principles or stopping the section down. Yes, that is a fall down. So there are different levels of fall down because of pride. One time, I remember a spiritual master instructed a devotee, "Don't do this. You know, be careful, be mindful." So the devotee was telling other devotees, "He thinks that I don't know. He thinks that I will fall down." He thinks that I will fall down, that's why he's instructing me like that, but I am okay. Then after one year I met him, he said, yeah, I fell down. <laughs> this, is a, this is the reality. Because there has to be a pride before the fall down. So we need to be very careful about this pride. That is the underlying thing before this thought of independence. And we can see this in Indra, for example. If you want a classic example for the statement of... Uh, Lord Shiva is Indra. Indra thought he is independent controller. Right? He is separate. And what happened? 
he fell down from his position. And this is the problem with the pride, because in the pride, we can all the negative qualities can come to the mind. Isn't it? It can surface. To the degree that Indra thought that I will annihilate the entire Vrindavan. All the cows, all the cowherd boys, all the gopas, all the gopis, Krishna, I will annihilate everyone. So the pride has such a powerful venomous effect in our life. So we have need to be very careful. And uh, for us, for devotees, safety net is correction in the association of the devotees. So this correction by the devotees actually is a safety net. Because if you are going off board, then devotees tell, okay, this is not the right thing. So this is the meaning of association. Many times the uh, devotee association, Sadhu Sangha is considered as a safety net. But what is the safety net? One of the, one of the important element of the safety net is correction by the devotees. And we have to take it positively. So one aspect is correcting. That is the duty of devotees. It's not that we can correct anyone and everyone, but who is under our care. Or according to our position, we can correct. Not like, you know, we go around and, you know, now I start correcting everyone. That's not my job. So the spiritual master corrects, or if you are in charge of some devotees, one may correct. That is one's duty one has to. And then we have to take that correction also. And taking correction may not be very easy. Have you noticed? I have noticed myself. <laughs> it's not an easy pill to swallow. It's very difficult, but it's very important. And we have to accept for our Krishna consciousness. So it's very important that we accept the correction. And we move on. And the point we think that we are independent, there are serious con consequences. Hmm? So, one time, uh, this is the independent, clear independent nature. One of the disciples of Srila Prabhupada, he was a Sanskrit scholar. Hmm? He was helping in translating Srila Prabhupada. And he came to the conclusion that Whatever I know, Prabhupada knows. And whatever Prabhupada knows, I also know. <laughs> because we are together translating. So, what's the big deal? You know, I can help in translating. So, I know the meaning, whatever Prabhupada knows. So, he undermined the position of Srila Prabhupada. To the degree that he acted in a very, very offensive way, which we cannot even imagine. He approached Srila Prabhupada and requested for a blessing. You know what was the blessing? Prabhupada, please bless me that I can find a very advanced Guru. The initiated disciples. Can you, can you imagine the, the weight of that offense? Prabhupada said, I bless you that after millions of lifetimes you may find one. Can you see that? And he left. So this is offense. This is a very clear offense. Thinking oneself independent, separate. So the realization and the translation or memorizing the whole verses or memorizing the entire Bhagavatam has nothing to do with anything. They are separate. It has nothing to do with anything. Like people complain, oh, Prabhupada misquoted one line or made a mistake in one of the verses. What's the big deal? This is just external. So, we have to see the depth of realization according to our capacity of great devotees. Of 
course Prabhupada, spiritual masters, advanced devotees. We have to see the essence of the devotees. This is very important. When we hear from advanced devotees, don't think, are they going to please us? Are they going to tell nice stories? You know, sometimes, you know, some advanced devotees, they may not be charismatic speakers. Does that happen? And untrained ears want to hear only from charismatic speakers. That one, nice jokes are there, nice stories are there, it's very good. This is actually a very offensive mentality. This is based on pride again, you know, thinking that I know what I should hear. So it's very important that we listen from devotees who are very experienced, who have served for many, many years, 40 years, 50 years. So the question is whether they are charismatic speakers or not, that is not the question. We have to hear their realization. It's very important. And we can go off track in that. And we tend to listen only from, okay, one devotee. I listen only from such and such devotee. Or who is giving Bhagavadam today? Have this, have you heard this question? And according to the speaker, I will choose to hear or not. <laughs> because why we have to accept our conditional nature, no taste for Bhagavadam. It's not wrong with the speaker. <laughs> it's not that one person is speaking very good and another person is not <laughs> speaking very well. It is we don't have any taste for Bhagavadam. That's why you're asking who is a good speaker. Now he's a good speaker, he's not a good speaker. But those who have paid for Bhagavadam, it doesn't matter who is speaking. So I was uh, reading one book by His Holiness Shivara Maharaj. Hey, he, the, in that book, he made a very interesting statement that sometimes uh, neophyte devotees think that because there are many advanced devotees in the audience, we have to speak according to their standard. Hmm? Because to please them, because what we are speaking according to our level, there everything is very basic. So, to give them some joy, we should speak advanced topics. So Maharaj mentioned, no, no, speak according to your level because advanced devotees will understand in their level anyway. <laughs> you speak in your level, advanced devotees will understand Bhagavadam in their level. What you speak is enough. So this is the reception of Bhagavadam. So we speak according to our level, that is enough. And the audience, according to their level of Krishna consciousness, will understand. We don't need to worry about that part. Of course, we cannot speak above our standard. We can speak our standard. What else can we do? There is no point speaking too much above our standard. And it can be very artificial. Then, we have to be very careful because if we preach or if we take some position in Krishna consciousness, in service to Krishna, then there can be followers and there can be devotees who are ready to follow us, who is ready to tell Haribo, okay, ready, I am to follow you. In that condition, we have to be even more careful. We are not really in charge or we are not controllers of anyone. It can happen in any group, in any circumstance. For example, if you are preaching, okay, let it be a Bhakti Vruksha, let it be another preaching program. So, definitely, if you preach for some time, if you give talks, if you speak to them, if you cultivate, then there may be number of devotees, upcoming devotees, they will say, I will follow you. This is actually a test. It can happen in many circumstances. Even it can happen in uh, even God's family. If you are following a guru, if you are a leader, in, in the, if you are a senior devotee in a God family, one may think that, okay, look, now I am the controller. This is a very 
serious problem in our life it's a very serious threat to our own devotional life it's not problem for others it can create problem for others of course but it's a problem for ourselves we have to be very mindful so in any position when we think that look i am in charge okay one can be in charge in certain aspect but if you think that i am separate i am controller serious problems one can commit huge blunders huge mistakes and that can cause fall down and it has happened it has happened so when we accept any position even though we loosely say that okay i am a servant leader but it carries a lot of weight so we have to be very conscious where we are at and to follow that it's not very difficult i have thought about it is it very difficult to think that i am a servant i am not really in charge it's not very difficult provided if we can be mindful of our own anarthas then we can be humble i was thinking how to do this if we are conscious of our own position then it is not very difficult just think about the anarthas that are in our heart when i think about that it's easy i may have to act in certain way i may preach but i am nowhere when we see our own heart we understand there are issues to deal with for ourselves and that is really good one of the sanyasis uh, was making the point that he mentioned that i wash my own clothes as so his servants were asking for clothes and other devotees were asking for clothes to wash he said no i wash my own clothes So the devotees asked the sanyasi, "Why?" So this Maharaj told that when I wash my clothes, when I squeeze, I can see dirt coming out. So when I see dirt coming out, I understand that I am in this material world and I have problems. So this is a very humble position. He is speaking in a very humble platform. See, Lord Shiva here. What is he speaking? He is thinking that look. I am an independent. I think myself an independent, separate controller. So I cannot understand the activities or the personality of the Lord. So He is instructing us, and we can imbibe this. So it is very important that we get connected to devotees, those who are advanced. We get connected to our own guru. When even initiated disciples, when they feel that. i don't want fond to follow my guru not maybe chinese is announced maybe following for a very person but in in the phases of life one may think you know i feel completely disconnected to guru or he is thinking something i am thinking something else you know what is telling is not right when this kind of offensive mentality come to the mind then one has to be very careful one has to correct oneself this can happen i am not saying it will not happen it has happened what he already told me he wanted to take shelter of a spiritual master so this devotee uh, he was between two spiritual masters okay one spiritual master here in melbourne and other spiritual master somewhere else far away so he first you know he was aspiring for one spiritual master here then after some time he told me no no i don't want a spiritual master i want to aspire for your shelter of a spiritual master i want to aspire for some other spiritual master far away from here I said, yeah, that's fine. You know, you can choose your spiritual master. There is no issue. But what? Why? So he told that I am afraid that this spiritual master who is here, he may give some personal instructions. Then I have to follow. 
But if I choose a spiritual master who will not give me any instruction, then it is fine. I said, the starting point itself is <laughs> very wrong. Please understand why you are taking shelter and initiation. The basis itself is a serious problem. So be careful. This mentality is very offensive. You check your mentality. So these kind of things can happen. So this is not uncommon. That's why I'm mentioning. It can be before initiation. It can be after initiation. We can think that, look, I have my view. My spiritual master has their view. Or whoever I am taking shiksha from senior devotee, they have their view. I have my plans. So one, anytime this independent mentality can come and that can be disastrous. So we have to be quite careful because we are living in the material world. So flood of thoughts comes. So these mentalities can come. It can actually, it can be transient, then it's okay. But one has to be quite mindful. That's all. So we have to understand whatever instructions we are getting from the spiritual master of our senior devotees so or temple authority. Ultimately, they are all trying to connect us to Krishna. To Srila Prabhupada. So we have to be thankful on that one basis. There can be different opinions, but ultimately everyone is helping us to connect to Prabhupada and Krishna. So one, one shouldn't go off the board. <laughs> you know, off the board one shouldn't go. Okay, there, there will be differences. But one has to see, okay, we are in one family, we are trying to connect to Prabhupada and Krishna. And that we have that commonality we have to see, and in that way we feel, feel we had to feel, be felt. Gratitude. We had to feel gratitude. Look, after all, we are not talking about you know this or that, but it's for pleasure of Krishna, for pleasure of Srila Prabhupada. One time Gobi Paranathana Prabhu said, There can be differences, but we need devotees to speak Krishna Gatha. It's a very deep statement. We can but there can be differences. One may come to the conclusion of oh, the Tarmis are better than devotees. It happens or no? When the faith is shaken, then many people conclusion is these devotees are acting in this way, but karmis are even better. Okay, on one level, maybe from sweet words or some immediate material help, the karmis could act in a better way. In some unfortunately, some situations can arise. But at the same time, one has to understand to connect to Krishna, there is no other option. To speak Krishna, that's what Prabhu said. To speak Krishna, there is no one else. You cannot go and speak Krishna Gadhati Karmis. Then that friendship is gone. Is it right? You go and speak Bhagavatam. End of the friendship. That is finished. So one has to be very mindful. So one should be just judgmental. Rather one has to see, okay, where we are at. And being controllers and enjoyers. So that is the next level. One is independence, then controller and then enjoyer. So if we accept any position in Krishna Consciousness, or if you are guiding anyone, if the enjoyer mentality comes to our consciousness, it is disastrous. So this is, one has to be very mindful. In fact, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj, he made a very interesting statement. It was about a fall down of a prominent leader within his home. Hmm? You know, he left his position and uh, uh, I don't know what our practice he did, whatever. Bhaktivedanta Maharaj said, such and such person had to leave Krishna consciousness because of demigod mentality. The word he used, you know, very much connecting to this verse, right? Demigod mentality. What is the demigod mentality? Independent, controller and enjoyer. This is the right? I have my position, so I am independent, I can control and so I can enjoy. 
Th that is the problem with the demigods, right? We always speak about, okay, we never speak about going to the demigod planet. Always it is condemned. But we can act as demigods here. We don't need to go to heavenly planets. We can be a demigod here. And we can be in the same soup. So that is the point here Lord Shiva is making. That this demigod mentality is dangerous, disastrous. It can keep us here. That's the meaning of Pradishta. Bhaktivinoda is a Pradishta. Attachment to the position. And you know, I am such and such. It's very difficult. It is very fine. It is very subtle. And it can be in our consciousness. And we can see, in my consciousness, I can see it's coming. And one has to be careful. Should it speak, should it act? It, it can lead to serious consequences. So these impediments have to be removed. And so it is mentioned that demigods have a serious problem because there are a lot of material opulences and in the material opulence it's very difficult to think about Krishna. In Bhagavatam, we know the example of Indra. But who else was a bit proud about his position? Brahma, we know classic example of Brahma. And I want to hear a personality. You may not think other, you know, may not think often, but uh, can you tell another personality who was a bit pr proud? Oh, not exactly. Not exactly. This is a bit more in a gross fashion. Who? Okay, I'll give you a clue. Otherwise, it'll be very difficult. Uh, he's a Mahajan, and we glorify him. No. Another one. Ah, that's right. Who said that? Okay, thank you. That is good. Bali Maharaj. Bali Maharaj, after usurping the position of Indra, he became a bit proud. You know what he did after getting the position of Indra? He did actually he did the right thing. You know what he did? He wanted to conduct many sacrifices. Because he got a position without the qualification. What is the qualification to go to the heavenly planet? Punya. And how can one get Punya? Pious credits by performing sacrifices. So he immediately engaged Brahmanas to get all the sacrifices and let it go on. So that I have a qualification. You are very intelligent. But he was proud. He, was, he had some pride. And who corrected Bari Maharaj's pride? Vamanade. But there is one more personality involved. He gives a very appointed instruction hmm, about how one can be influenced by opulence. Who is that? You all know. Bali Maharaj was instructed when he was bound by the Varuna Pasha. Paralad Maharaj. Who is his grandfather, right? Instructed. You know, he, he chanted this verse from the 8th Kanda. I really like this verse. The reason is. This is the first Bhagavatam class I heard in this temple. <laughs> so when I heard this verse, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is interesting. I came here, I just sat there, and then I was hearing this verse, and I was thinking, oh, this is, this is very powerful. <laughs> and I wanted to memorize that verse. It was a very powerful verse. The verse is, Yeyahi vidwan api muhyate yatas tato vichakshte gadimatmanam param tasme namaste jagadishirayavai narayanayati akhilalokam sakshime that time because of two reasons I like this verse one there was a mention of narayan narayanayati akhilalokam sakshime second I was very much moved when I heard yayahi vidwanapi 
मुख्यते यता विद्वान इवन ए लर्नड पर्सन हु कैन हु हैज सेल्फ कंट्रोल नॉट एन ऑर्डिनरी पर्सन ए लर्नड पर्सन हु हैज सेल्फ कंट्रोल कैन बी मुख्यते इवन ही कैन बी बिवल्डर्ड व्हाई बाय द मटेरियल ओपनेंस वन कैन बी लर्नड वन कैन हैव सेल्फ कंट्रोल स्टिल इवन सच अ पर्सन कैन बी completely shaken by the illusion of opulence so he says the, the lord says that from what from the path of self realization from the path of self realization the so shila prabhupada mentioned two points in the first canto of bhagavatam purport two things are deterrence uh, no sorry two things are impediments to uh, spiritual life what he says in the first canto of bhagavatam punams Lack of faith. No, he mentioned two points, two impediments. Huh? Eh? Yes, exactly to the point. He says woman and money for a transcendent woman and money, meaning opposite sex and money can boom gone. One is going the spiritual path, it can deviate. So very very powerful. So when I heard this verse, I thought, oh, this is quite profound because talking about self-control, knowledge, but still. the mental opulence can really deviate derail the spiritual path then ramana says but the supreme personality of god at narayan the lord of the universe can see everything by his will therefore i offer my respectful obeisances unto him this is the statement of ramana so he is telling no i don't want to be deviated from the path of course he is always worshiping the supreme lord but again in some humble person is making this point that i don't want to be deviated from the spiritual path so i pay my obeisances unto lord narayan so it's very interesting actually so this is the point and so kunti devi says namo akinchana vittaya nirvrtha guna varte atmaramaya shantaya kaivalyapate namo he says akinchana akinchana vittaya the lord is the property of one who is materially impoverished so it has two meanings one is one doesn't have anything materially second is even more deeper one is detached one is not attached one is completely detached from the material affluence no interest then such person can get krishna so two examples are there one is gorkishor das baba ji his disappearance day we celebrated just two days back right he didn't have anything that is akinchana vitaya nothing is there materially impoverished there is another example also who is Also, materially impoverished. Who is that? Who has all the wealth? Eh? Ambarish Maharaj. Ambarish Maharaj. You know, he had everything. Even Yudhishthira Maharaj. They have everything, but they are also akinchana vittaya. They are materially impoverished because no attachment at all. <laughs> When the time of retire, retirement, all the Pandavas <laughs> went. The Pandavas retire timely, right? timely retirement it's a very important word timely <laughs> generally retirement and death <laughs> oh, they want to be as close as possible <laughs> this is like i told this story one of my professors uh, he was already walking like this you know you know because all day he was coming to the university in melbourne uni and in the same lab and is a very respected professor so one day i asked him hey did you hear he told me did you hear that i am going uh, to uh, hong kong city university of hong kong i said he left melbourne university because they were offered a huge sum 
as a director of a lab. So I'm going. I said, really? I thought you were going to retire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told the truth. <laughs> because, you know, old age, old gray hair, and you're walking. I said, are you going to retire? He said, no. It's not like that. Retirement or death, whichever is first. Let's see whichever is first. But you wanted to see that? You want to work till death. So this is like, you know, kami mentality. That, I don't know what happened. I did after that. Figure out what happened. This is how it is. This is this material illusion, you know. Want to work till die, death. And we can see that always. When, especially when there's position and control and power, right? Want to keep going as long as one can. And then that will kick. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's difficult in that sense, material world. Hmm? Here, the next point is so, because of this consciousness, it's very difficult to understand Krishna. Right? Maya Javanika Channam. Maya covers position, independence, separate mentality, everything. That's what is Prudak Bhava. This word, the word uses Prudak Bhava. Separate, Prudak means separate, very literally means. Because of the separate mentality, there is serious consequence. And then Krishna is covered by the curtain of Maya. Because it is up to him whom to reveal. And that is the connection to this cotton verse. Advaita Machita Manadi Manantarupam Adhyam Purana Purusha Navayavanamcha Vedeshu Dudlabham Just by studying Vedas, he will not reveal himself. It is his choice whom to reveal and whom not to. And that's why it's only by pure devotional service I just mentioned. Can one understand anything about Krishna? Lord Brahma exactly makes the same point in the 14th chapter of 10th canto. After the Brahma Mohanadila, the Lord by his kindness revealed himself to Brahma. He could see what's really going on. He could see oh, everyone is the Narayan form. So Brahma had that vision. And of course, his prayers are prayers of remorse. In one of the prayers, he made this point: Koveti Bhuman Bhagavan Paratma Yogeshwaroti Bhavata Strilokyam Kwaava Kathava Kathiva Kathedi Vistare Kritasi Yoga Maya. He mentioned, How can one understand your pastimes? Because you are expanding yourself and you are enacting your pastimes always. And who can understand this? Who can understand? That where these pastimes are happening, how many times these pastimes are happening, we cannot understand anything. So, Brahma presents his humble position, even though he is the, the master of this one universe. He is telling, I can't understand anything. Just like here. Now, it is mentioned. What is the word used here? About Lord Brahma? Virincha. Virincha. So he said, Naham Virincho, Virincha, even Virincha, Lord Brahma cannot understand. So this is the point. Because it is up to the Lord. Only Lord has to reveal, no one else. And that's why in the association of the devotees, one has to know. Otherwise, what happens? As it is mentioned, you know, Vipariya Apariya Sprati. One, one turns back from Krishna, so one comes to the spiritual world, one is with Krishna. When one actually turns, vipariya, one actually turns, immediately what happens? The simultaneous process is asmriti. So forgetfulness and turning away from Krishna happen 
die simultaneously and that's it then maya yen mayatam <laughs> then it is maya then maya will looks at okay i got one more person okay i will take care of him or her lover or whatever species so this is the position and so lord shiva makes his point of problem in independence and being separate from the devotees being the separate controllers because with this mentality we can lose the association on a practical level what can happen by the separate mentality we lose the association of the devotees and then that is the pathway to fall down finally since it is a very important point that is mentioned here about lord shiva that lord shiva is not ordinary so i'll speak very briefly about the position of lord shiva which is very difficult to understand anyway so i'll try to speak a few points from lagu bhagavatamrita rupa goswami uh, makes a few points very clear about lord shiva so lord shiva is very unique lord shiva is very unique because he is taking care of the more the finest aspect of material element the finest what is that the mode of ignorance he is in charge of tamogun and you can see that is the force ego that is the the fine line between spiritual and material isn't it the false identity the false identification that actually separates soul from the rest of the subtle body and lord shiva is in charge and so his position is also between the jivas the marginal energy and the supreme lord can you see he says that the the initiates his his very specific position which is not material and in one sense not completely spiritual as well so this is the position of lord shiva and so he is not material that we have to understand very carefully that he is not a marginal potency of the lord but rather he is above the living entities so here because we explained the different positions of lord shiva he makes a very interesting point that he mentions that nirguna praya when he speaks about gunavatas in the bhagavatamrita he uses the word nirguna praya praya means almost nirguna praya he is almost nirguna he is almost transcendental so rupakoswami doesn't say that he is completely transcendental but he is almost transcendental meaning that he can at times be influenced by the material modes that's all at times but he should never be considered as an ordinary living entity he is certainly above the ordinary living entities but at times he can be nirguna praya he can just he can be touched by the modes and lord shiva he appears from whom he can appear from lord brahma and also from from the lord from vishnu how in the form of the glands and also he can appear when at the time of destruction from lord sankarshan from lord sankarshan when the fire is coming from the mouth of sankarshan from the hood on top of the hood of sankarshan lord shiva appears rudra forms many forms appear so in this way lord shiva appears many times you know in many ways he appears 
So these forms are generally considered Nirguna Praya, almost transcendental. And of course, he does exist in the spiritual world as Sadashiva, where he is beyond the modes, where it is that ex extension of Vaikuntha. So where as Sadashiva is not influenced by the three, three modes of material nature, because otherwise he cannot stay in that abode, in that Shiva Loka, which is untouched by three modes of material nature. So Lord Shiva is not ordinary. So Jiva Goswami mentions that only ordinary living entities consider Lord Shiva as ordinary. <laughs> so ordinary living entities may consider Lord Shiva as ordinary, but no, that's not the case. He is superior to all the living entities, but not yet on the platform of Lord Vishnu. So that is a unique position of Lord Shiva. And now in this verse, he accepts a very humble position and mentions that generally living entities, non-devotees, even demigods, can actually be afflicted by this independent, separate mentality. Thank you. I conclude here and see if there are any quick questions and we... Yes. Yeah. Um, so my question is, um, you mentioned this point that we should not have a selective attitude to giving Srimabhagavatam stickers. So I can clearly, I can see this anarcha in me. And my question is that sometimes this, uh, this anarcha can mask itself and the mind can say, oh, it is not that the speaker is not charismatic, but it is that maybe this devotee is not completely like-minded. Sometimes we can, I think like, oh, you know, maybe some devotees, they just have different attitudes, different mood of serving Krishna, they have different vision. But it doesn't, doesn't really resonate. So then sometimes I feel like, oh, leaving class or, or just listening to another speaker. So how to deal with this? Yeah. What to do about so the question is, the anarcha of choosing the speakers, for example, I may not feel connected to or resonating with someone, may not be like-minded, etc. We can have our own reasons, not listen. So, I had to make this point that, first of all, if you are listening online, in the sense, not the Bhagavan class from the temple, you may choose from your Guru, Prabhupada, you may listen for a number of devotees. You don't have to listen in this con, maybe thousands of speakers are there, so I cannot say that I will go to Iskand Desertary and I will listen from everyone. That may not work. Like one lifetime may not be enough. So in that case, we may listen from a few speakers. Okay? That is acceptable because that is practical. However, when, when it comes to our regular hearing from the temple, we just listen. Whoever is there, we just listen. So in that way, we can get rid of that selective mentality. So some devotees, they are free for Saturday, Sunday to listen. Then, then come to come here, or they will listen every day or few days. There are many devotees listening online, pretty much every day. So just listen. That's all. No need to think. If you have a selected days, you choose the days, not the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I am free on such and such days. These days I listen. Whoever is speaking, I speak. You know. So in that way, you can choose the day, not the speaker. That reason, sometimes devotees ask you know. Can I get the roster? I want to choose. <laughs> no, don't worry. Just come and listen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Prabhu. Prabhu there is a microphone there. Uh, Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Uh, Prabhu, in this uh, sloka, it is mentioned even Narada uh, being put in this category. Yeah. Uh, did you cover this point or did I miss it? I didn't specifically speak about Narada. However, what we need to understand is that 
Lord Shiva is presenting in a very humble position. So he is bringing everyone down like non-devotees. Even I cannot understand, so which is humility. I cannot understand Narada, who is Narada and Lord Shiva. Who, who is, what is the connection between Lord Shiva and Narada? Brother, yeah, even my brother cannot understand. <laughs> you understand? Narada is my brother, even he cannot understand. And Brahma is the father and there are other sons of Brahma. Like so and Bhavadu, there are many more. Even they cannot understand the Supreme Lord. So, see, this kind of statements are made to want to position Lord at the right place. So, don't misunderstand Brahma, Shiva, Narada as the Supreme Lord. So, it's all for us, not for them. The next point is what mentality we already discussed. Because of such and such mentality, we cannot understand. So, what we have to do? Be careful. So we had to be, you know, check on ourselves. That is the point. And also, I have a question, Prabhu. Yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of independent behavior and uh, having that demigod mentality, um, we see that even Prabhupada, when he went to the West, I mean, he requested, he, he was trying to depend on the Gaudiya Math a lot. So the Gaudiya Math never, I mean, you know, helped him in, in his preaching endeavors in the West. Uh, so he he founded ISKCON uh, pretty much by the, by the mercy of the Lord. Uh, but that should not be taken as an independent behavior, isn't it? Because, because he was trying to be dependent, but he was not getting the help. So yes. he has created something for the pleasure of the Lord. Yes. So should it, it shouldn't be taken as an independent which which actually, actually Prabhupada uh, created ISKCON as an independent movement of Gaudi, Gaudiya movement. At the same time, Gaudiya movement is not Gaudiya movement. But we had to understand very clearly the history that the Gaudiya movement that was established by Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj didn't exist at that point. <laughs> yes or no? That didn't exist. It was split into Another, I don't know how many Gaudiamats. So, Bhaktisanda Maharaj never wanted that. He wanted a GPC kind of system. He didn't want one Acharya. He wanted multiple Gurus jointly <coughs> working together to run the organization. That's what he wanted, but that didn't happen. So, that Gaudiamats which was established by Bhaktisanda Maharaj didn't exist on one level. Second, Srila Prabhupada actually was completely dependent on the instruction and mercy of Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj. And so he established exactly what Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj wanted. That's what, that's what Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj wanted. So it's very in line with the parampara, very much connected to the parampara. He wanted a society where there are multiple devotees managing not just one person and, you know, and spread everywhere. And Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj had that vision. He knew if there is only one Acharya, there can be issues. And they had the issues. So, the, the Gaudiya history. And so, in one of that thing, there are checks and balances, not just one person. And Prabhupada is Prabhupada. He knew. Everyone is not Prabhupada. So, he wanted a cooperatively running the society. So, we can very clearly see that the vision of Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, and we can see how Prabhupada was completely dependent on that vision. So, if you see Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj, made everything clear. He, he, so you can see how the parampara is working. 
if you see Bhaktivedanta Maharaj and Srila Prabhupada, because Bhaktivedanta Maharaj tried to remove this caste mentality, right? Yeah. The only Brahmanas can worship Sadhagyan Srila and worship the deities and get second initiation, Brahman initiation, only the caste Brahmana, others can't. Such a strong impression in India. And he was attacked when he initiated everyone into Brahmanical culture, given Brahman Diksha and took them to Vrindavan. It's a history. He was attacked. Many Goswamis shut that temple. So Bhaktivedanta Maharaj actually established, you know, this is for everyone. He even initiated one Western person, right? He had one Western disciple as well. He did that. German. He, what is his name? German disciple. One German, German disciple. You know, he, he came, he was finding, you know, who is God. He was he was a journey finally. He ended up with uh, Bhaktivedanta Maharaj. He understood he's a real guru. So we can see Bhaktivedanta Maharaj opened the door. This is for everyone. He established that fact very clearly. And then he wanted it to be established throughout the world. And Prabhupada did that. So we can see very strong connection to the instruction of the spiritual master. Of course, it's first and second. You know, in many ways we can see, but we can see that how Prabhupada is so connected. Yeah. That's the point. Hello, yes, sir. He can speak into the microphone. Oh, maybe after that. Just yeah. a quick question. Uh, see, this tendency to enjoy independent of the Lord. Yes. It's been with us from time immemorial. Yes. That is the very reason why we are in this ocean of samsara, mm. tossing with this, yes. this birth of This tendency actually should have originated, from what we often listen to this and we have heard that this tendency actually originated in the spiritual world where we, you know, we turned away from the point. Yeah. That's why this, the problem mm. Now, all I want to know is where, where exactly in which scripture is exactly <coughs> which scripture is exactly mentioned. In Bhagavad Gita it is mentioned what is Icha? First let's Icha, I want to be the enjoyer. And what is Dvesha? Why Dvesha is enjoyer? This is our mentality. Actually, the material world is all about this Icha and Dvesha. How can I enjoy it? Why, why do I worship the Lord? Why is he doing it? Why giving everything to Krishna? So this is our mentality. This is very subtle. It is in us, right? You know, we can think, you know, sometimes we don't know why do I do this. Like the same mentality it is coming from. So we, we are not, uh, you know, uh, we still have that mentality. <laughs> Very clearly, oh my god, what's the mentality? It's one problem. And there are, I called another verse from the 11th canto. This is the beginning of the verses. Bhayam dutiya vinivesha dasya. In that vipatiya asmurti. Yanmayatam buddha bhajetam bhaktiyega mesham gurudevatatma. The conclusion is serve guru. That's the conclusion. So then we have the entering mentality. So there's a Guru is there, okay, <laughs> serve the mission of the Guru. So, no, not acting for ourselves, right? That makes you know. Not for me, my Guru is an instructor, these are the instructions of Prabhupada, and I had to do. So, that's the, that, that is actually, we are acting against that. That is devotional service. Not for ourselves, for Krishna. So, so that is the point. Okay, there are many references in this. Thank you. Is there a final question? Yes, you have to
Please welcome. Prabhu, you mentioned about uh, uh, Nirguna Praya of uh, yeah. Shiva. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we also understand that uh, he is the greatest Vaishnava, mm. which means we are expecting him to be completely transcendental. Yeah. So, he, he, and he is beyond the three modes. So, yeah. how is it that we are still talking about? So, when you talk about Nirguna Praya, it is a very, very rare occurrences. It's not, uh, it's not a daily affair. So the reason is, he is still, he has to associate with the material energy. Lord Shiva has to associate with the material energy. And that's why this shampoo form has come about. Because the Lord cannot directly associate with the material energy. Cannot. If the Lord is there, then Maya has to be behind. Lord cannot associate. There is no possibility. So that is complete transcendence. So that's why Vishnu had to come up with this energy, this particular energy that is the Shambhadatta, by which he can associate with Maya, his concern. At the same time, here is the point, Praya means it, it's a very, very rare occurrence. So on, on a practical level, he's transcendental, he's a guru. Lord Shiva is a guru, he's the beginning of a Vaishnava Sampradaya. So on, for all practical reasons, certainly he is transcendental. So we accept his teachings. We are accepting his teachings here, straight away. And those who followed his teachings, they have gone back home, back to Godhead. Who is that in the fourth canto? Prachetas. Right? <laughs> followed Lord Shiva's teachings. So he's a guru. So we shouldn't see that, okay, this, when, even though this prayer is mentioned, so when he acts in this material world, there can be some influence very remotely. That's all we had to understand. To illustrate this point, what happened to Lord Shiva one time? He got bewildered. Right? Bhagavan also narrates his story, right? He got bewildered. By seeing the Mohini Murti. So to show that, okay, he can be bewildered. But it's not. that bewilderment became an instruction to his followers. So even though if such a bewilderment happened, it is for the benefit of everyone. It's not like we are going to the Maya. We are going to the Maya. I went to Maya to teach everyone else how not to do. No, no, it's not like that. The Lord Shiva's bewilderment is teaching everyone. And it is in the, in the pages of Bhagavatam. What happened to Lord Shiva? He got bewildered. He started running after Mohini Murti. Lord, the Lord already told, don't see me in this form. It will be bewildering. You cannot handle it. So if you see that, you can see, no, 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 I want to see. Okay, sure. And he was running in front of all his disciples and great sages. Lord Shiva was running. Can you imagine? And he fell down, practically he fell down. Of course, he couldn't catch <laughs> Mohini Murti, but he fell down, literally in front of everyone. He fell down, isn't it? That is the pages of Bhagavatam. And this is why, and what is the realization? What did Lord Shiva speak after that? He felt very proud for himself. No, that's not a pride for Bhagavan there. He felt very proud that my Lord is certainly superior. He can bewilder me completely. He can you know, humble me. You know, sometimes it happens, you know, pull the rug from, you know, boom, gone. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> On the floor, okay, looking. It happens to us, it happens to us, you know, we get completely bewildered. In front of all the devotees, we are ashamed. Right? It happens to us. It's okay. 
and still continue. It's Krishna's mercy. So Lord Shiva was okay, fine with that. So this became an instructional example, a very, very instructional example from Lord Shiva. So these are the kind of instances that we can see uh, in terms of Lord Shiva. But otherwise, he is a spiritual master. He is a Mahajan. So we shouldn't undermine. This is talking about in terms of Tattva, this Prayana. Uh, prayana is used, Prayana, but it's not in terms of Tattva. But uh, for, for practical purposes, he is a spiritual master. And his instructions are taken seriously. So, is it right to say hmm. when the Lord Shiva is not affected by material energy but he is affected by the Supreme Lord only? Because for any other example where material, where material energy itself affects him because hair volume of is not material energy. No, not material energy. So, on what basis when we say that he can... But he fell down in a, in a material fashion. Okay, Mahanimurthy's form we cannot say is material because the Lord's form. But his fall down was material in one sense, isn't it? It fall down, you consider it's fall down, it's just like a normal fall down if you think about it. So he was influenced, he fell down, but it was, it was not an ordinary fall down. And we glorify that. And we glorify Lord Shiva, we glorify the whole past time, we glorify <laughs> Vishnu, Mohinivurti, everyone. So it is not on an ordinary level. So that's why we should never consider it as an ordinary this way. Examples of Lord Shiva? No, generally Lord Shiva, he doesn't fall down. So that's why we have to understand. It is mentioned, Mother Parvati worshipped Lord Shiva. In a, in a, it's explained, the way she worshipped, it was almost, you know, anyone can fall down. But Lord Shiva was unaffected. Lord Shiva is unaffected. So, for all that's what we had to understand. For all practical purpose, we had to understand Lord Shiva is beyond the three modes, and we can accept his instruction. And he is the Paramaishnava. Vaishnavana Yatasha Bhu is telling Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is telling this point. But on the other side, I can read actually this very nice purport. One second, just give me a second. This Nirguna Praya purport. So, I'll read this. Let's hear from Prabhupada. When Lord Hara is a personal expansion of the Purusha, he is nearly transcendental to the material modes. But because of his contact with the mode of ignorance, all in this world perceive him as a subject to transformation. We find in the 10th canto that Lord Shiva is always united with his personal energy, the material nature. He manifests three features in response to the uh, entry thesis of natures of three modes. So in that way, it's mentioned. So his transcendental position differs from the limited jiva when they assume the role of Rudra's expansion. So that's another side point. The, when you are talking about, uh, there are jivas can also accept the position of Rudra. So that's a different story. Also, yeah. hmm. So here, see. As indicated, and this is a purport by uh, Baladeh Vidya Prashan. So Baladeh Vidya Prashan explains this further, I'll read this. As indicated in this verse by the word Nirguna Prayaha, nearly transcendental, Lord Hara sometimes allows himself to be covered by ignorance. So this is the point you need to understand. It's a very beautiful point, actually. He allows himself to be covered by ignorance at times. Of course, then we have to understand it is for a purpose. It's for a purpose. It is generally thought that his act association with matter 
subjects him to material change, but in truth he is changeless. So he is changeless. So his prayana is only because of when he chooses for whatever service requirement, if he has to associate, he will associate. So he can look like he is covered. So that is the point. So that is a fine line. So that's why all practical level we have to see him as transcendental. Should should never see him as ordinary. Could we consider that as a leader construction? Yeah, that's right. So there are occurrences where he allows himself to be covered. So Mohini would be, for example, one can always ask this question: Why Lord Shiva, Lord the Lord already told him not to see. Why is why he why he said, I want to see. So we had to see that it's for instruction. That's what I explained before. Thank you. Grandrashima Bhagavatam ki Shila Prabhupada ki There is some kind of selectiveness, what I think. No, there is nothing wrong in that. Yeah. that that's okay. So how then, then the mind starts making no, that, plans? That, no, that is not the... You are talking about hearing or in general you are saying selective? In all aspects, I am saying there is selectiveness. No, you may be inspired from someone. There is nothing wrong in it. We don't deny that as But when it comes to regular classes, just yes. That is the point I was saying. It's like, like, you know, how can you listen from uh, everyone in the... In the yeah. It's not practical. Yeah. Yeah. That you select.